This is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Think about that verse. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, let's think about this. Let's think about the difference between wages and gifts. Um, Some of you have jobs, and in your jobs you get paid. And that pay, you may be, a, you may get paid on a weekly basis. You may get paid daily. You may get paid every other week. You may get paid, um, you know, every month. You may just get paid per job. Whatever it is, you get wages for what you do. Now, they may be sufficient. They may be insufficient, but you're getting paid for it. In other words, here's the deal. There's an exchange. You do this, you get this in return. And that's pretty much the way our system operates and we think about life a lot like that, that we're going to, to, you know, whatever we earn, we're going to get. Well, this is what the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. We know what wages means. Okay? What is sin? Sin is anything that we do that is outside the will of God. It may be an action that we do, or it may be something we don't do that we ought to do. But Jesus also made it abundantly clear That sin is not only that, it's also internal. Sin is internal. He said if you look at a woman and you lust after her, then it is as if you have committed adultery with her. In other words, it doesn't have to be the physical act itself. You can can sin internally. Now, it may not impact that person's life. You may not involve anybody else in your sin, But it's no less sinful simply because it's just you. And so sin is anything we do that is outside the will of God. It is, in fact, rebellion against God. It is falling short of the mark. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages for that sin, we're told, is death. Now, for you who've been raised in the church, your mind, it, it goes in reverse And you end up parking back in the Garden of Eden and you understand uh, all of what was going on. God said, don't eat of that tree because on the day that you do it, you will die. Now, if you've read any further in the story, you realize that they didn't just eat the fruit and die. It wasn't like a, a poisoned apple or pear or whatever kind of fruit it was on the tree that they bit and they just killed over. But something happened because they changed. What happened was not physical death. That was to come. What happened was spiritual death. And that is why, you see, they had this relationship with God. And God would come and spend time with them, talk to them, communicate with them, love on them. But when when God came walking back into the garden now, they go jumping in the bushes. They hid from God. The relationship that they had with God, the the unity that they had with God was broken. They died spiritually. And eventually, they died physically. The Bible says the wages for our sin, and listen, there's not one of you sitting out here who can say, hey, listen, no sin on me. We've all sinned. Sometimes, for most of us, it's multiple times per 
day. All it takes is getting behind the wheel of a car. Boom. There you are. Or, you know, dropping something that you didn't want to drop. Boom. There you are. We all sin so many times a day. We go, okay, if this is the, if this is the price for my sin is this eternal death and separation from God, who in the world has any hope? And if that verse just cut off with the wages of sin is death, we might all go away from here absolutely weeping. What we did here with baptism was insignificant. What we'll do, celebrate with the Lord's Supper, completely insignificant. If all the story was the wages of sin is death. But that's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the verse. Because Paul goes on to say that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. What you earn is death. What God wants to give you is life. Now, you may think that I'm not really as bad as so-and-so. And And you can fill in the blank on so-and-so. Could be your husband, could be your wife, could be your in-laws. I don't know. Co-worker. I'm not as bad as they are. God's got to let me in because, yeah, he's probably going to grade on a curve. And so, you know, if I'm up and just kind of, I don't have to get very far. If I can just get above the 50% mark, 51% good, 49% bad, God's going to let me in. That's not what the verse says. As a matter of fact, when you think about how righteous you can be, this is what the prophet Isaiah had to say about that. Isaiah said, all of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our, what are those two words? Righteous acts are like filthy rags. Let that soak in. All of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. In other words, the best you can do apart from Jesus on your best day, on the day when you don't drive anywhere, on the day when you don't drop anything, on the day when no one annoys you, on your very best day, the best you can do is a pile of filthy rags because we're not comparing ourselves to John or Jane or Mary or whomever it might be. We're comparing ourselves to God and God is holy. Completely righteous. No sin. And when we compare ourselves to him, we don't come off looking so good. And and if God's not going to allow sin into heaven and we have sin, we have a problem. And that's why we need the second half of that verse. Because what we earn is death. What God gives us in Jesus Christ is life. And did you notice it said it is a gift? I'm not sure what happened around uh, your Christmas tree, around your gathering, but I'm pretty sure this didn't happen. Matt, you didn't give a gift to Lake And Lake, look at you and go, okay, Dad, how much do I owe you? Why? Because that's not a gift. And because kids don't think that way. No. 
when, when, when you give a gift, what you want most, if, you, if you've given a gift, you want people to say, wow, thank you. Make it theirs. And I'm here to tell you, God wants no less. God has given you the gift of life in his son, Jesus Christ. And what he wants more than anything is for you to say, wow. You did that for me. You're giving that to me. And I receive it. Make it mine. And begin to live in that truth for the rest of my life. Those are the testimonies that you heard this morning. Those, that is the testimony of this table. That there is life. I want to leave you with these verses that are found in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2. And I just want you to listen to the truth of God in these verses. It begins with verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. It wasn't that you were just limping along. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the, our flesh and following its desires and, and thoughts like the rest, we were by nature, listen, deserving of wrath. That's God's wrath. That's separation from God now and forever. But I got to tell you, whenever you get to something like that and you see this, but is a conjunction, right? Okay. It connects what was before to what comes after. I did learn a little something. Okay. This is what this makes me want to sing the schoolhouse rock conjunction junction what's your function song, okay? Because I love this conjunction. Okay, you were deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Hang on before we go to the next slide. Flip back one. Look at this. Flip back one. Can we do that? There you go. I want you to see a few things here. First of all, it is because of his great love. It's not because you were so wonderful he couldn't resist you. It was all because of his love for you. His love is the trigger. His love is the trigger. All right. His love, God who's rich in mercy. Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. God is not giving you what you deserve. You've already heard what you've deserved. You are by nature subject to his wrath. You're spared that. You're given mercy. God has made us alive. We were dead in our transgressions and sins. God made us alive. That Listen, salvation is not about 
making bad people into good people. Salvation is about bringing dead people to life. It is by grace you've been saved. Grace is the gift giving you what you don't deserve. So this is cool. Mercy and grace go together. They are two heads of the same coin of God's love. On the one hand, God doesn't give you what you deserve, but he doesn't just leave you out there hanging. Instead, he gives you what you don't deserve. He spares you from eternal death and separation from him and gives you life abundant and life eternal. Go on to the next slide. And God raised us up with him in Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Go ahead. We'll, we'll, get, we'll finish the, the verses up. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, believing. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, and it's not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, his workmanship, his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. This is so cool. Don't miss this. You are not saved by your works. You've already been told that, right? You're saved by grace through faith. It's not of works. So how do works fit in to our relationship? Here's the deal. God has been preparing you for the time that you surrendered your life to him, and he has gifted you and giving you the experiences that you need in order to step up and to serve him by serving others. You have been prepared for good works. So here's what I want to tell you. If you're a believer and your life is devoid of good works, then there is a short circuit somewhere in your wiring because that is not the way God designed it to be. He did not design you to work for your salvation, but to work out your salvation. He did not design you to earn it, but to receive it and then to live it. And so this morning, I have a challenge to set before you. And the challenge is simple. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ... If you've made that commitment to him, for those of you who have received this precious gift, first of all, be grateful. Think about what God has given to you and be grateful. Cherish the gift. Anything that's of value, we cherish it. I was framing some pictures and putting them up at the house. We've only been living there 14 years, just getting around to it. We had pictures of Jackie and Jay, their senior pictures in high school. We're going to put those, frame those on the wall. And so we got, we got the frames, put, the, put it together, and I had a simple question for my wife. 
do you want to put the glass over it or leave it like it is? Because it was kind of a canvas-like little deal. And her, here's her response. Put the glass over it. I want to protect it. Why? We had lots of pictures up, and a bunch of them don't have glass on it. Most of the stuff that I painted doesn't even have a frame. So you can see how valuable that is. Okay. But those pictures of our two children at that transitional period of life as they move from childhood to adulthood, Nancy says, protect that. Because that's something I cherish. And I want to tell you, believers, cherish your faith. Cherish the gift. Value it. Let it shape you and mold you and change you from the inside out. Share it. You've been given something not to, not to hoard for yourself, not to, to keep bound up. You've been given this gift to share. You'll never run out of Jesus, don't worry. As a matter of fact, the more you share him, the more you feel like you have. Be bold. Tell people about him. Be bold. Share his love. Share his message. Share the reason for the hope that you have in you. And for those of you who have not yet received that gift, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? God has done everything necessary for you to be saved. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. The price has been paid. The cup of God's wrath, he drank for you. So that you might receive by grace, through faith, a gift that you will never even consider returning. A gift of infinite value, giving, given with the greatest of thought and based on the highest of loves. And if you need to receive that gift this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. As we pray, I want to ask you, if you need to receive that gift, I want to help you to do that. And so this morning, as we pray together, I want you to be praying for those that you know, maybe even who are in here, who need to receive that gift. And I want to let you know, we're not, I told you this morning, it's not a numbers game. This is about souls. This is about salvation. And all I want to do is to usher you into the presence of Jesus and allow you to speak to him. So let's pray. Father God, as we pause right now in this, in the stillness of this moment, my prayers for those who are struggling to receive this gift, or maybe they're on the verge of receiving it. They, they know this is where they need to be. They, they know this is their moment, their time. And, and God, this is their day of salvation. And so I pray, I pray for them this morning that you would come crashing in by your love into their lives, that you would 
tear down walls, that you would break apart all that separates. God, that this moment would be their moment to do divine business with you. Lord of God, I pray that you would draw them to yourself, that they would know your mercy and grace and love and abundance. And they'd receive your son, Jesus. And if you're ready to take that step this morning, then I ask you, I ask you people to pray something simply like this from your heart and mean it. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve heaven. But I've heard your truth. And your spirit has moved in my heart. And this day, this day I declare my faith in Jesus as my Savior. And I commit to follow him as my Lord. From this day forward, I've received your gift. I will live in your gift. I will share your gift. God, I give myself to you through Christ. And I receive Christ into me. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer this morning, then two significant things are going to happen for you today. First of all, we're going to be sharing in the Lord's Supper. This is for believers. And therefore, if you prayed to receive Christ this morning, this is for you. The second thing we're going to do following this is we're going to sing a final song. And that's going to give you an opportunity to respond as the folks you saw this morning responded to come and say, I have given my life to Christ and I'm ready to follow him. And during the song, you just stand up, you just come down, you just tell me why you're here. And we will celebrate with you, we'll rejoice with you, and we will welcome you into the family of God.